Nick is perhaps one of the most demure artists that you will ever come across. She is very soft-spoken and, well, quite shy. But there are several layers to Nick. You should in no way allow her shy appearance to dictate your total opinion of her. Nick grew up competing in pageants and singing competitions, winning many of them, of course. In her teen years, her star really began to shine as she was crowned Miss Talented Teen and Junior Calypso Monarch for her island. She was Junior Calypso Monarch two years in a row, might I add. Nick remembers long summer days rehearsing for the stage. Little did she know, or maybe she did, this discipline and work ethic would prepare her for life as an artist. Nick was raised in the Caribbean, surrounded by the rhythms and sounds of everything from soca, reggae, and zouk music. She has tremendous respect and admiration for those genres. However, it was R&B that really spoke to her. Her sound is soft and sensual, yet her melodies, harmonies, and delivery force you to hang on to every word. Nick is backed by an exceptional team called the Black Jetty. Their attention to detail, both in Nick's sound and her visuals, are second to none. Nick worked on her first album, Die for Love, while attending university, talented and smart. Die for Love shifts the listener emotionally. It is the type of album that requires soft candlelight and a glass of wine while playing it. You see, one doesn't merely listen to a Neek record. One experiences a Neek record. Neek has so much more music to offer the world and plans to deliver it. In the meantime, take a listen. This is the story, thus far, of Neek. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. soon-to-be international R&B sensation from the islands. Neek, welcome to Planet 30. Thank you for having me, Crispin. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you. Now, did I say your name correctly? Is it Neek or Nick? Neek. Neek. See, that's what I thought. Yeah. Someone told me Nick. I said, no, no, because, I don't think so. No, because, because Nick is my um, nickname. I know. You know, my dad created Nick. And then, you know, when we were trying to figure out what I would be called, you know, Jen was like, not Nick, but Nick, because it's Dwayne Niqua. Right. So she's like, Nick. Yeah. So that's how we came up with Nick. But everybody calls me Nick. And I love, and I love the, uh, the spelling, the, the double I. Double I and the dot. The, the dot is very important. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, Nick, tell us about childhood on Anguilla. Childhood, it was mostly, you know, pageants. You know, my first pageant was the Miss Tiny Todd. I was about eight years old. Um, fast forward to the Prince and Princess, I was about 11. From the Prince and Princess, I jumped into Calypso um, at 15 uh, for three years. Then jumping out of Calypso, I jumped into the... 
uh, Caribbean, oh gosh, not Caribbean, um, the Talented Teen Pageant. And from that, it was the Caribbean Talented Teen Pageant. And then from that, it was just, you know, school. So um, for me, my childhood was just basically lots and lots of pageantry competitions, singing here, singing there. Um, so yeah, my childhood was music and the stage, basically, yeah. Your summers were spent rehearsing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no outside, you know, playing up and down with your shoes off much. It was, it was more about, and, and I guess too, it's, it's kind of why I speak so proper because it's always, you know, the rehearsals, you know, you have to speak like this, you have to, you know, pronounce like that and. You know, so it was forced upon me. It wasn't. It was a much playtime. It was more work, work, work. But I loved it. So you don't speak dialect at all? Not really. No. No. <laughs> I mean, when I'm when I'm back home, yeah, I might slip into it. You know, but no, you have to. Of course, you do. Of course, you yeah, do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's very interesting. I didn't know that you had uh, participated in Tiny Miss Tiny Tot and Prince and Princess. So you yeah. were well seasoned yeah. into this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, in the very first Miss Tiny Tot. Yeah, it was the first time it came out. I was, yeah, okay. I was eight years old. Yeah. And your and mom, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, 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 go ahead. And your mom, of course, was Miss Anguilla. Yes, yes, yes. Miss Anguilla, Miss Hibiscus. So she entered the Miss Anguilla um, twice. I believe back then you could have, you know, entered... Um, it was the year out, it was 89, and then I think it was 90, and then she went to Miss Hibiscus in 91, you know, so, yeah, she so paved the way. <laughs> she, she was determined when I get a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you were, you mentioned, of course, music being a part of all of this. Um, you were Anguilla's Junior Calypso Monarch, um, was it back-to-back -back or three times? It was back to back on my third year. Um, I lost it. Yeah, <laughs> I came first runner up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But still, uh, quite the feat. Not many have done back to back. Right. Right. I mean, it was it was a great run. I loved it. I loved every minute minute of it. And um, uh, the year after I lost it, that's when I went into the um, the talented teen pageant. So. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what was your What was your calypso name? It was singing Niqua. Singing Niqua. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I do remember when singing singing Niqua was all over the place. You were at every event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quite, yeah. quite the, quite the schedule for a, a young teenager. I think it was it was the song, you know. It was um, I worry, and that was the time of the elections as well. So it was used at. Um, the political campaign. So I was here, there, everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prepping you for the prepping you for the future fame. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> so, other than Calypso, during your teen years, what were you listening to? What What was your groove? Ah, oh, oh my gosh, I was I was all over the place. To be honest, I mean. Um, for a period of time, it was it was strictly R and B, and then uh, for some reason, you know, country became my groove. You know, believe country. it or not, country, yeah. Um, and then stepping out of country was more so hip hop, and 
you know, soul, and I kind of went back to the classics. Um, I appreciated the the classics more. Um, even so, my playlist now, you know, I listen to tracks from way back when, 1990s, and I think, you know, my playlist is, is kind of just all over the place. It's kind of, you know, the mood that I'm in, you know, what I'm feeling. Um, I went into gospel as well. I mean, I was just, I was all over the place. You know, I, I, I think, I, you know, I basically appreciate every genre of music, so I, I keep a taste of all types in my playlist. Yeah, but back in my teen years, it was, it was the R and B vibe, you know, and and I had when I had my days, had my moods, it would just switch in and out. Mm. <laughs> you said uh, the classics like the nineteen nineties. You're making some of us feel so old. Oh God! No, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, like the the kind of you know groovy tracks that me and my mom you know would, would even you know sing to or appreciate you know um the other day i was evening even listening to um if you're not the one i don't know if you know that that, mm. that track By you know? i'm sorry who's, I'm, I'm, who's, sing, who's no, the but, singer uh danielle beddingfield it's from like 2002 though but oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and, and before that as well. But I, you know, it's it's some of those radio classics too. I'm so happy that you, as a young person, <laughs> you, that you're appreciating the uh, the quote unquote older older uh, songs. That's that's yeah. dope. You have to. You have to. That is <laughs> dope. So, wait, wait, let me ask you this: Who are some of your favorite uh, country artists? I'm intrigued by that. Oh, okay. So, uh, Carrie Underwood. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Blake Shelton. Okay, oh, I oh see. Oh my gosh. Um, who else is there? Really? I mean, I was in the Carrie Underwood phase for a while. For Great a, songwriter, by the way. Yeah. Um. Then you have like Gloriana. Um. Who else was I listening to back then? I mean, a a number of different artists. I was just, I just like how country is just so so pure. You know, mm-hmm. it's everyday life type of thing. I mean, you sometimes you just want to settle down and just kind of mellow in, in something that, you know, the everyday person experiences. Yeah. Question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Hip-hop. Who are you into hip-hop-wise? Because that's the other side. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hip-hop. Huh. I mean, oh, my gosh. Hip-hop, R&B. It was the Trey songs, the Chris Brown, the... The Brandy, the Monica. Ooh, uh, so far back. Tyrese, you know. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Major, The Weeknd. I mean, Fabulous. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. It was, I was just like all over the place, really. Uh, shaggy sometimes, you know. Rihanna, definitely. Uh, Wide, <laughs> far and wide in terms of music tastes. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> now, people would ask me, you know, who's your favorite artist? I don't really have a favorite artist. I just, I appreciate everyone, really. Um, I'm just all over the place. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Was music always a dream or was there another passion? Like, coming up, was it, did, were you, did you know, okay, this is the path? I am going to be a musician. I am going to be a singer. Or was it something else at first and then it evolved into artist? 
Well, you know, for a while, I mean, I don't think every, every, you know, kid knows what they're gonna, I mean, you may say when you're like really small, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. For me, I wanted to be something new every year. I mean, I wanted to be a nurse, I wanted to be uh, an accountant, um, I wanted to go into forensic pathology, you know, mm. I, wanted, I thought I had the stomach to open dead people, you know, and then when I, when I took the biology and took the physics and the chemistry and all that, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe not, maybe so, um, <laughs> but then... Um, for me, it, it, it's, it's really the passion for, for justice in the end because um, I um, moved here to London to study criminology and criminal justice. You know, I, I wanted to understand why people do the things they do. So I got a little bit of psychology in there, sociology in there. And, and so for me, I mean, it wasn't just... Uh, it wasn't just music. It wasn't just the passion for music. It was, you know, I, more or less the, the passion for equality or just understanding how we are as human beings on a whole. And um, and that's why I, I came here to, to study it. But along the way, I still, you know, released an album, singles, you know, it stuck with both of them. And now that I'm finishing up, I'm, I'm pretty much done now. I... I'm, I'm like, where do I, what do I do now? Where do I go? Which, which one do I hold on to? You know, which one do I love more? That's the big question for me now. Yeah. Maybe, you can, maybe you can <laughs> be, maybe you can be the singing detective. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely an idea. I thought about it. You know, it's like, you know, maybe I could be. Hi everyone, I'm Neek. When I'm not out solving crimes, yes. I'm here to sing your heart into your heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, Neek, in an island that is obviously filled with soca music from top yeah. to bottom. Yeah. Why R and B? Did you ever think about dabbling with a with a band? I know you must have been asked to join a band. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I actually I was in a band, but it was more so um, it was more reggae. Um, but I put a spin on that, and I mostly did. Even though it was a reggae band, you know, um, we did a little bit of uh, reggae. But then I also brought in my soul and my R and B to it, and we kind of put a spin on it. So I think that's what what kind of made the Mystic Vibes band, you know different and um the reason why i did that is because you know i i i love the r&b i wanted to mix it in but you know when you go down on the beach you may not want to listen to r&b you may want to have that whole reggae vibe going on and the soca vibe i mean i dabbled with a couple soca songs as well but in order to do a soca song christian you have to know how to dance i can't dance to save my life you know, I mean, <laughs> you need that soca groove to be able to dabble with soca. For me, I felt like my groove was more R&B, a little more laid back, you know, sit on the stool and just, you know, sing to the hearts of the people listening. That's that's more my vibe. I mean, I appreciate soca. I do, I do. Um, I just feel like my voice is a little more, you know, it's a bit soft. It's, mm -hmm. it's mellow. It's, it's more for soul and R&B. Yeah. I got it. I got it. 
Yeah, because <laughs> Anguilla is definitely overwhelmingly so because I was like, how, how does one escape that entire yeah. genre? <laughs> now, who you mentioned some of your favorites back then. Is there anybody that Nick is listening to now that we should know about? Uh, my vibe is uh, more of a a Khaled vibe right now. Ah, yeah. I, I can see it. You know what? I can see you and him collaborating, actually. Yeah, yeah. Khaled is my vibe. I mean, Khaled, I just, I don't know. I just like how he just sounds like he's just sitting on a couch recording. I mean, he's just... Doesn't he, though? You know? <laughs> he does. He does. He just sounds like he's just chilling. Like, you know... He's like, yeah, just man. Love I, lo- I love that vibe that Cali gives me. It's just, you know, an any date type of groove. Young down the road. Yeah. I think that's an apt description. He sounds like yeah. he's sitting on a couch recording. Oh my goodness, that's that's so perfect. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's his vibe. That's my vibe. I listen to Khaled all day long. So tell me, Nick, what was the eureka moment, if any, when you realized that a career in music was actually possible? Like coming from such a small island where you know the arts are appreciated but not enough. Um, what, what was your, that moment when you said, "Okay, I don't care what." I'm going to do this. Uh, that was the moment that I met Denisia Niles. Um, and uh, what was it? It was a, um, she was putting together a, a show. And um, it was more so about gathering all the talent in Anguilla. And then there was a show that was going to be in uh, the Bahamas that would be in front of, you know, uh, a catalog of producers and and my sister and I we we auditioned to be in that group that would go and, and put on a showcase and um, and then she was the organizer she was a judge you know and when I met her it's she really um, showed me that you know what in a little country like this you can have it all if you want it that bad, you can have it. And from then, you know, I, I approached her and I was like, you know what? When I'm ready for this music thing, I'm going to come back to you. And when I come back to you, it's that's definitely going to be the time that I want to take this thing all the way. And when I came back to her, she sent me home with one song. She said, go at home, learn this. When you've learned it, come back to me. After a month of, you know, learning that song, we flew to Pittsburgh. I recorded it and then had four other singles there for me to um, to record on that trip. I mean, I was only there for about um, seven days. You know, we knocked out 15 tracks right there. What? There. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people think that um, Die for Love, the album, was, was done recently. No. Die for Love was done... Uh, three years ago, mm. yeah, three years ago, um, and that's that's really how it was. It was one trip, you know. We knocked out uh, five singles, and then the next trip, you know, Dan was just like, "Well, you've got five singles now. I think we need to move for an album." Dan and, and Team Black Jetty, um, 
and we knocked out the album. I still have so many singles that I've holding on to, and I just, I can't wait. I can't wait for everybody to hear what we still have, you know, because the thing is, is that, you know, it's it's like this with, with Team Black Jetty. They're like, you got it. You got the voice. You, you know, just come in. Let's Let's knock it out. Let's get it done. What are you waiting on? You know, so even though I was here and um, in school and everything, I took the trip out. We laid down a single or two, and it was just—it was just like you know, sitting in the studio all day long. It was no going out, no, no this, no that. No, we came to work and we got things done. The album that I pushed out, we recorded twenty songs that trip. Um, I was there for nine days. Yeah, it's back to back to back. Neek, wake up, get something to eat. Let's hit the studio. I slept in the studio for nine days. So I think when when I really, you know, thought that all of this could be possible, it was when I met Den. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was definitely when I met her. She showed me, you know. Well, Den Den is a pusher, man. We know this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She she'll get it done. Yeah, those those singles. Like I told you, she sent me one. She sent me home with one single. But when I got to Pittsburgh, I recorded six, which means I learned all those singles before heading into the studio. Right there and then, it was just like then is like get it, got it, good. Head in the studio. <laughs> that was it was that type of thing. I mean, it's just the hype of all of it. The hype of you know being the pressure of the studio, getting all of this done, getting it perfect. You know, I'm a perfectionist, so for me, I, I I probably my team as well. I would think that I sang it good. They'd be like, "Nah, you need to do this at least three, four more times." It's just it's it's the pressure of the perfection, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> hey, and the product that came out, I, I I'm not mad at it. It's, it's it's awesome. The work was Thank worth you. it. Thank you. Lots of nights, I mean, in studio, just you know, wrapped up in the music. That's just that's just what it was for me for the past three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, your mom and dad on Anguilla are, how should I say, they have the, the, the they're famous for their support of you and your sister. Um, I can recall your dad uh, screaming and jumping and waving a Dwinikwa flag for <laughs> Calypso shows. Your mom, yeah. same thing. <laughs> T- talk to us about family support and why that's important, especially when you're pursuing a career in the arts. Well, I got to tell you, you know, many times, Chris, when I wanted to just, you know, hang it all up, you know, and it's, it's sometimes the pressure is so overwhelming and, um, like you said about the Calypso and all of that, I mean, the pressure is definitely in a Calypso competition, you know, the pressure of of doing well, the pressure of holding on to that, that crown. Um, and um, I definitely couldn't have done that without my, my mom and my dad, you know, just constantly behind me. You know, you can do this. There is nothing that can stand in your way. You can get this done. And, and, Everything that I have, everything that I've accomplished is, is through the, the support of them. I don't think I would have been able to go through all of it without without them, you know, without them in my ears. You can do this. Why are you doubting yourself, you know? 
this is this is your thing this is what you love is your passion and your heart is always in it so it's i don't think that i would have been able to do all of this without having my mom my dad the pageant three is my mom's thing she loves it when i tell you she loves it she loves it <laughs> round of applause for smurf and Cairo man Oh my gosh, my dad heard my, you know, I was a bit scared to, to let my, um, my parents hear the album and the music that I recorded in Pittsburgh, because I'm a very reserved person. I'm very quiet. You know, I, 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 I hide in the, in the shadows. That's just me. I like, and a lot of people may think that's not me because I'm always on the stage. I'm always doing you know, something, you know, but for me, I prefer the shadows, and, um, my dad, he listened to the album, he's like, oh my god, he's like, this is dope, you know, <laughs> <laughs> why, why were you afraid? I'm afraid, because, I mean, I'm pretty, kid in the Caribbean will probably be a bit afraid, you know, you're, you're, the, it, it was just kind of the lyrics, me, I was oh, like, the content, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, a, a, a little more sensual than uh than they expected. <laughs> right, right. You know, and even Cali Kate, I was like, oh my gosh, then how am I gonna go back home? Let mom's listening to Cali Kate. You know, I can be your plug. You can, you know. <laughs> I told when I did the T Box show as well. I, you know, on the mic, I was like, mom's a plug. It's just a friend. You know, I had to clear that up before. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that. You, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I guess it, it was about having them there at every single thing, every single show, every you know, every competition and all that. It's it. I had to have them there. I had to. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been the same. Performance wouldn't have been the same without them there. It's very important for my development as an artist and as a person. Yeah. Hmm. So tell us, tell us about pursuing music in London specifically. Oh, it's tough. It's tough because my team is uh, in Anguilla. Um, they operate well for the past two years. Um, they've been in Anguilla. So every time we wanted to get something done, you know, we had to fly out. We had to fly to Pittsburgh or fly to um, Anguilla to get like the videos done the recordings done but then over time actually now the only person that still in Angola would be Den um, Bleak is here Ludwig is here Buckets is here Bezzy is here on and off you know so really it was it was just the, the traveling back and forth the, the long calls the video calls the whatsapp calls the you know just to, to get everything sorted. Photo shoots were done here in London and Anguilla and Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that, that that was really the only thing. I mean, I, I would have loved, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Dan moves here. So, you know, the team is all here together so that we can get more stuff done. Um, with regards to like um, pushing the album, I mean everything is digital, so you know we've been watching uh, the growth of the album here in the UK. We hear music on the radio. I mean, Hypnotize was playing in um, Atlanta at some point, in New York, in Miami. So we were pushing in the US as well as the UK. But the UK, 
um, that will be our next main, main focus. It was mainly in the U.S. for the past couple of years, but we will be pushing it in the U.K. Um, very soon. And we have a lot more um, material to push out. So the focus will be the UK. I guess, you know, I, I had school too that was kind of um, preventing me from, you know, maybe doing a show here or a show there. Um, but but that's definitely in the works for, you know, time to come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Understood. So, Nick, what do you enjoy most about performing? What do I enjoy most? Oh, it's the blood rushing energy you get from the audience, really. Is, is what it is for me. I mean, because you can go out on stage, you can, you know, start to sing, but if your crowd is not feeling you, you won't get a good, you know, experience from it. It's it's the crowd for me. Um, yeah, I mean, for for me, like the intimate setting that we had at the T-Box Lounge, Kristen, you know, you were there right in the I was there. I, I mean, was early. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that vibe, you know, with this, that intimate vibe is, is more my thing, you know, that you can interact with the crowd and you can look down and see someone smiling as you're singing certain lyrics, you know, how we had that little chat, that comedic um, pause, you know, I I think that's, that's, the, that's what it is for me. It's the crowd, it's the audience, it's, you know, the fans of me really just, and, and even so after the sessions as well it's you know that that time you mingle and you talk about this you talk about that you talk about everything there is to talk about about music and advancement in music to me that's the best part of it mm. yeah mm-hmm. tell us about your style like for those that haven't heard neek describe your music to the audience okay now my music is it's really sensual you know, like the sound of my voice. It's it's mellow. It's if you it's couldn't sweet. tell by the way she talks. <laughs> it's, it's mellow. It's it's sweet. It's you know. I mean, for for example, I was recording a song with um, Shay. You know, Shay Rooster. Of course. Angry, yeah, nocturnal sound. And he said, every time I'm in the studio, he says, "You know what? I'm gonna have to buy a new mic for you." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Because." He's like, it's the, the, the little voice that comes out, that little sensual vibe that comes out. You know, it's not, my, my mic can't pick it up. He's like, my mic is not used to it. I need to get a new one, one just specifically for you, for when you come into the studio. <laughs> He's like, because you have that sensual, sexy vibe. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's, that's my vibe is, is you know, soulful. It's smooth. It's you know, it's just something you just lay back and listen to. You can you know, just lay in bed, close your eyes, listen to candlelight and wine music. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You, it's like I was saying at the um, the performance at the tea box. You have to have a glass of wine to really, really vibe with me. Yeah, red or white? It was red, red. You know, white doesn't quite get you there where you need to be to really vibe with with me. You need the red. <laughs> and any specific red? Ha, huh. Merlot. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you guys download her album, 
make sure and go to your store and get a bottle of Merlot at the same time. They, it's just, it's a package deal. Yeah. It goes together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Must be Merlot. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the next step for you, the Neek branded Merlot. Oh, you're giving me ideas now. There you go. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Gotta write that out. <laughs> In an industry that is crowded, to say the least, it takes a lot of discipline and hard work um, to advance, to even get an album done. So can you tell us a little bit about the discipline involved, especially for a person like you who had university at the same time as, as, as being creative? Well, it's all about having the right team working with you. Because, you know, many times I strayed away and I was... Like, you know, didn't have papers I need to write. I have this assignment, that assignment, this exam, and all that. She was like, she, you know, she kind of put me in, in a headspace where I I needed to decide how best to work around my schedule to get stuff done. So I couldn't be all over the place. I had to settle down. I had to, you know, put my mind in the mode for recording, you know, ahead of time, wait ahead of time and uh, many times I, I went to the studio you know I had songs that I had to to learn to rehearse to you know and and the first time I actually it, it actually came out of my mouth was in the studio and then could tell you know she could she would be like okay you didn't sit down you didn't really you know but I think too you know your full creativeness comes in the moment as well so um I had to be I had to be disciplined um, when it comes to Team Black Jenny because they accept nothing less than your absolute best perfection, you know. Um, and for me, it was very hard. It was very hard to balance balance school and balance music. But I had to I had to get it in. I had to settle in and, and kind of block out the world for a long time. I mean, a lot of people may think that I just went off the grid, but I had to in order to, to be in the, the place I needed to be to get that album done. Um, yeah, the industry is very crowded. So at times I had to stop listening to other music so that I could just focus on my craft, on my brand, on what I sound like or what I want to sound like. So... I mean, maybe that's why I'm a little bit old school, too. Like, you know, my playlists are all over the places because I don't like to settle and, and just listen to one particular artist because then I find myself trying to to sound like them. And I don't want to. I want to keep with, you know, the uniqueness of Neek. So for me, I had to block out the rest of the world. So I used to just, you know, be in my room, just vibing with myself. I had to. And... um yeah, that's, that's, I ha had to be on serious vocal rest. Um, most times it's just me and my headphones. That's it. Just me and my headphones. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's really how it had to be. That's <laughs> how disciplined I had to be in order for Die for Love to be so, you know, powerful. And um, I'm grateful for Team Black Jetty with that for that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you're a very quiet person. You like to be in the shadows. How do you separate that person from the person that has to be bold and 
and uh, brave, especially when performing or doing interviews or even for music videos, especially. How do you how do you put yourself into that headspace? Oh, it's such a challenge, to be honest. Um, when it comes to <laughs> when it came to the music videos, um, it's very shy, very. You know, it's, and I talk about Den a lot is because, you know, she has like a really, really big influence and impact on, on Neek. Um, because most days I'm doing Neekwa. And on the days that I have to be Neek, I have to be Neek. <laughs> you know, so, so Dre Neekwa is the quiet one, the one that just, you know, it would, would put on something simple so she can just blend into the crowd. And then when it comes to being Neek, I have to be neat, bold, and, and, you know, look at me, that type. It, it's it's a challenge. Um, and um, it's really music, and it's it's listening to my team is, is how I'm able to transition from that quiet place to the person I need to be in the music videos and, and on stage. And, you know, there's a lot of meditation, a lot of prayers to get me there. Um and over time, I feel like I've, I've, the more time I spend in school, I've, I feel like I've fallen more into Dwayne Cliff and into Neek. And, um, and then I get a call from, from Dan or from Ludwig, like, uh, have you been doing, have you been on vocal rest? Have you been, you know, putting honey in the voice? I mean, to snap me back into, okay, it's time for you to be Neek now. School is over with. You know, it's time to set back into it. So it's it's my team that, that kind of gets me to where I need to be. Did your class <laughs> did your classmates know that you were working on an album or? Uh, no, no, they did not. No. <laughs> um, it was it was really when I made friends and uh, you know they started following me on Instagram and Snapchat is when they really realized that. I was an artist. I mean, I'm I'm not the type that'll you know sit next to someone on the bus stop and be like, "Hey, uh, check out my album." Check out my yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not like that, you know. And and my team is always saying you need to be, you know, you need to push yourself out there. But I'm more of the type that um, I'm I'm a bit shy. I'm shy when it comes to that. I'm even shy with like making new friends. You know, people may not even you know, know that about me, but I'm a very shy person. So they only found out that I do music by following me on Instagram and, and, and Facebook and all that. Even people that, um, I work with, you know, they don't, some of them don't know until they just, you know, Googled my name or something. And then they realize, Oh snap. <laughs> whoa. We got a celeb in our midst. Like, whoa. I mean, 14 song album and then five singles and like, really? Really? <laughs> yeah. All under their noses. <laughs> yeah, my classmates, they, they didn't know. They didn't know. For two years, three years even, they didn't know. Only, you know, right before uh, we finished up, you know, when we started to exchange numbers and, and social handles and stuff is when they really realized that, yeah, I'm an artist too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What advice uh, do you have for, especially younger aspiring artists? Just in general advice. My advice would be to just, you know, continue being yourself and find yourself a, a good team, you know. Find yourself in a pool of support that 
can help you achieve exactly what you want to achieve for yourself. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that kind of deterred me from pursuing music. I mean, it it may be the one day it may be the the idea of not being able to make it in such a, a saturated field. Um, or it may be the challenge of keeping up with it, staying relevant, you know, doing what you need to do in order to, to push it, push yourself. Um, it may be this, the stress of, of, you know, making one hit better than the other and, and evolving, you know. It comes with, you know, all the challenges that you, you may, may not even think of right now, but I think my best advice would be to just stick with it and be yourself and follow through with everything you think that you, you can't achieve. It is there for anyone to achieve. Just uh, continue with it. Stick with it. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> describe, d- describe your creative process to me, or to us. Like my creative process. Uh, huh. For me, it's, it's huh. I guess it's just when I put my head, when I wrap my head around the lyrics, and whatever comes out of my mouth, you know, like for example, uh, rub up, oh, completely out of my, my comfort zone. That's a dance yeah. track now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I recorded rub up, I was like, oh, hmm, hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> I wasn't sure how to really approach rub up, you know, because that's, that's like, huh. What would I mean, mom say? She loved it. You know, it's. I'm surprised she loved it because it's more of a Caribbean vibe, you know. But people here in the UK, um, they didn't really understand. And when you say like rub up, you know, they they think of it in like connotations. Uh, you know, and and back home it's just like you know an everyday type of track, you know. <laughs> You know, so it's it for me. I mean, I I, I need to I needed to um, tap into the Caribbean um, way of living culture and to be able to execute rub up the way that I was you know that I wanted it to be. Um, for me, it's it's with the other tracks, the soulful tracks. It's it's more just about. It's just about what what comes out of my mouth. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's not, I don't study it too much. I'm not like, oh, let's do a, a riff here. I mean, let's go high here, low there. No, it's it's just what I'm feeling in the moment. Um, for me, it's just um, what happens when I when I get behind the mic. It's really just what comes out of my mouth. What what I feel sounds good. How I feel the song should be. You know, um, execute it. Really, is is just all what it's about for me. I, I would have to listen to the song over and over and over, you know, a couple times before I can really go in the studio and lay it down the way it's it's supposed to be. Um, and even so, for all my tracks are written and produced by Black Teddy, um, and many times, Dan would would lay down the track. And I would just listen to how she she pushes it out. I would just listen to her ups, her downs, her in-betweens. And then I put my own flair to it when I go into the studio. But, um, yeah, it's it's 
really the team that, that kind of lays out a record for me. They're like, you can do this, you can do that, or you can even do this. And then I just mix it up when I get in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's more me, yeah. <laughs> so Nick just talked about rub up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just a reminder, we're going to put each of her music videos on her page on planet30.com. So please, you guys can just go over to planet30.com, click on Neek's interview. Um, if you are listening on, on Spotify or Apple or Google, go over to the website and you can see all three of her videos on the website. Now, Nick, you mentioned your album a few times during the interview. Describe, tell us about the album in a little more, in a bit more detail. We want to get right into it now. Tell us about some of the tracks, some of your favorite tracks and... You know, which one was the hardest to record? <laughs> oh, gosh. Which one was the hardest to record? Uh, huh. I would say it would definitely have to be, uh, oh, my gosh, which one? I mean, all of them had their, I had ups and downs with each track, really. Um, none was easy. But I think the most difficult one would have been uh, Afro Queen. Afro Queen, definitely Afro Queen, because um, I, when I recorded Afro Queen, it was it was one of the last tracks of the whole trip, um, and I guess I was I was getting tired, you know, I was I was a bit exhausted when I did Afro Queen, and Afro Queen requires a lot of energy, you know, and I, I struggled, I struggled with it. I recorded that a million times, so many times, I had to go over it and go over it. I got frustrated and I walked out, you know, had to clear my head and um, and come back in. But definitely it, it it's Afro Queen. But then at the end, Afro Queen was such a beautiful track and, and I appreciate the many times I had to go over it just to just to get it right. It just required a, a certain level of energy that I just didn't have after recording all the other songs. And um it was it frustrated me a lot that I couldn't get it right. The energy just wasn't there. Um, but the the album on a whole, I mean, I was on a bus, an eight hour bus, because I was staying in New York, um, and I took a bus over to Pittsburgh to record, and then I took a bus back to New York. And the bus ride back, eight hours, you know, I spent listening to that album over and over and over. And I caught all my flaws. I caught, you know, everything I should have done better. I could have done better. And all those little moments where I, uh, I didn't like how I did something, you know. I, I, I was writing it down. I was messaging Ludwig saying, oh, we need to fix this. We need to fix that. And, and little did I know, Den stayed back in Pittsburgh and she cleaned up every track. So all those flaws that I heard, she heard them too. You know, and she made her own little notes, and and so so we're all we always have that that chemistry, Jen and I, um, when it comes to the the overall sound of 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 Neek, you know, and and the album was just to me out the album is like it does to you what what a night in New York would do to you, Crispin. It's like you it it evokes fear and you know expectation, lust and. And a thirst for for more, for for opportunity, for sense of self. I feel that that's that's what the album did for me. You know, I don't know what the album did for listeners. You know, each song is different, creative in its own way. 
And um, for me, it was just exploring my many sides, exploring my my insecurities, you know, all the flaws within me. I felt like the album kind of, you know, highlighted them, made me push through them. And uh, <laughs> it is, you know, essentially what I thought, you know, at the end of the album, I thought it came out pretty dope, you know, and, and essentially Neek became pretty dope, you know, because maybe a year or so back, I, I wouldn't have thought it would have even be possible that I would I would have actually recorded an entire album, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was the album produced 14 tracks, I did 20, you know, so the rest just didn't cut it for the album or, you know, somewhere better that we thought would would be, you know, good, you know, standing by itself as a, just the EP or single. Um, so for me, the album was, was everything. My heart, my soul, my... Christmas. most days I was so exhausted. I was like, hey, you know, can I take a day off? Can I just relax today? And I couldn't press for time. So there was a pressure too. You know, I've never pushed myself um, the way I pushed myself for that album to be to be perfection. And it has everything in it, everything in it. My fears, my my fear of other people's expectations, everything's in there. It's all in there. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people got pregnant to your album, but that's a different story. Oh, my gosh. Which one? Which one? Slide two. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Um, <laughs> my favorite track is "When We Love." I'll I'll, I'll say that. I mean, just the, uh-huh. you know what it does it for me. The harmonies, the harmonies, yeah. The yeah, harmonies do it yeah. for me. I love I love that track. Um, I love the guitar. Yes. I'm a sucker for the guitar. I'm a sucker for the guitar. And my other favorite <laughs> is the oh my goodness, um, you know it. What is it? You performed it at the T Box Lounge. Oh. All I need. All I need. Yeah. Um, the very first track on the album. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys definitely went in on this album, and um, wow, this it's it's a wow project. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was so. It was such a tough week. Trust me, such a tough week. Well, it's I mean, and, and then it but, continued the promotions but, and everything, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but it took a while. It took a while for the album to be ready. You know, while the album was getting ready, I mean, we had a lot of we had a lot of calls where, you know, um, I didn't agree with something, Dan didn't agree with something, uh, Bleak didn't agree with something, and we had to go back and back to the drawing boards, you know, for for all fourteen tracks to be perfect. So it took some time. It took a long time to get it right. Um, so, yeah, mm. I mean, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud to be a part of Team Black Jetty. I mean, it's not just like, you know, just slap up a song and just produce it. No, you know, they're not about that. They're like, it's either done right or we don't do it at all. No, just love, love that energy and love that they look at the music in that way. They have so much love for it and all that love for it, they pour it into me, you know. So I'm just, I'm just grateful for the album being as, as great as it is. Mm-hmm. Now, along with the album, you did a couple of uh, visuals, and some of them I really like. My fellow director, Rohan Petty. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> tell tell yeah. us about some of the visuals that you guys created. Oh, we did. We did Better Me. We did uh, and Die for Love. Um, oh, my absolute favorite was was Die for Love. I mean, we did When We Love as well. Your favorite. Of course. Uh, Rohan, Rohan did that one. And he did it all with a, uh, a drone. Which you know? which amazed me when he told me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just drone work. I mean... It was five o'clock in the morning type of shoots, you know, back and forth. The one we love one was on the beach, you know, and uh, the sun, when the sun came up, you know, it was just like, that's a wrap, it's time to go. And everything that we didn't get done, that shot, we, we had to do it again the next day. Um, then, and then you had, then magic you had hour. People, yeah, you had people walking the beach and stuff too. So it, it was kind of difficult, you know, trying to get... Um, I mean, Ben told Rohan what she expected of the video, and he just, you know, executed. I mean, I just loved his vision of the whole thing. But it took us, it took us some time to get it, get it done, get when we love done, because you know people started walking the beach, and you know we had to cut, snap, cut, snap, cut, <laughs> snap. I mean, so it was, it was that, but it was amazing when he finished it up. Die for Love was my absolute favorite because we were on the cliff. You know, yes. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. You know. Um, How about Rub Up? You shot that in, uh, was that? In London. Yeah. In, I did, Brick, I, I did in Brixton? In Brixton. Brixton. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I recognized the place as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, we went there the morning. Yeah, the morning. I mean, everybody just, we didn't see it beforehand. We just kind of, you know, browsed it online. We were like, okay, this would be a great shot. And um, we went there the morning and we just, it, it was, you know, we flowed into it. Um, some of the chore- choreography and, and everything came right there on the spot, you know. Did it? You, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, we just, we kind of browsed through the place a little bit. And then, you know, the team decided, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. Nick, got it? Get it? Good. Let's start. It's, it's, always, it's always like that. Like, like quick, quick, quick. You know? Seems to be the theme. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think that's, I think that's great. The pressure of that. You know, um, a lot of people don't maybe may not operate well under pressure or stress, but I, I seem to. <laughs> I mean, it's better like that for me. I don't like when when I have um, an idea of what to do beforehand because I always find a way to to mess it up or overthink it. So I like you know it being in the spur of the moment type of thing. Um, so for rub up, actually rub up was supposed to f- to feature a guy. And um, it was actually going to feature Oshari, Oshari Thomason, yeah. But um, he was really far away. Um, And he had just started back university as well. So it would have been tight. It would have taken him about four hours to get from where he was to London and then going back. So then we decided, you know what, maybe this song should just feature me. I mean, this is what the team decided afterwards, you know, and, and yeah, that's how it went. <laughs> I like Remember? the song, too. Yeah? <laughs> I like that song. It's fun. It's a fun song, and it's a fun video. It is, yes, yes, definitely was. I mean, but but I did. There was, uh, I mean, a lot of comments that I got about rub up. You know, some people took it in the, in the wrong way, you know, and... 
and I was attacked a little bit, but I won't speak too much to it. You know, it's it's just something that comes with the business, I guess. It comes with you know, the business, and some of those little attacks sometimes puts me, in, you know, in, in a little mood. I just I just shut everyone out, you know. But in this game, you gotta be strong. You gotta have that strength in order to push through these things because they're bound to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but rub up after rub up, you know that that really that happened. But you know, with with going back to working with Rohan, I just I love you know that that vibe he gives off. You know, it's just like you, you're not nervous at all doing any work with Rohan. Absolutely no nerves. You know, it's just like a, a flowy type of vibe. I mean. He's just, you know, a great person to be around, so he makes you feel comfortable, and I felt comfortable in myself in order to execute, you know. Maybe did Better Me as well. Better Me was shot upstairs, the um, extreme gym, um, when it was about to be finished. Um, and, yeah, so it was, it was Better Me, When We Love, and Die for Love, yeah, that I did with, with Rohan. Absolutely amazing experience working with him. And yeah. rub up and rub up was done by whom? Rub up was done by Director T. He calls himself Director T. Okay. <laughs> He's from the Caribbean as well, but um, yeah, stationed in London. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice cast of directors, etc. Now, Neek, um, in an era where there seems to be a lot of music, uh, where there's where the sexes are battling, you have fully embraced the type of R&B that celebrates love and celebrates love between people. And um, it's not combative. It's it's very, as you mentioned, sensual. And um, it brings humans together. Now, how important is it um, as a black female, because in a lot of quote-unquote quote black music nowadays, there there seems to be a lot of rifts, you know, back and forth and no, you're not good and... Uh, black men cheat and black men don't cheat and <laughs> mm-hmm. how important is this for you as a black woman uh, to show that side of, of love I don't think um, relationships are celebrated you know and 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 new music and I feel like I wanted to kind of bring that back you know the the kind of feistiness that comes with love and relationships and the problems and and complications of it and I feel like um as a black female I needed to to bring that back um and kind of just you know celebrate love you know not not just between a, a certain culture but celebrate just love on a whole and um and I find I try to intertwine that into my music as much as I could I feel that the way the world is, you know, a lot's been going on, and I feel like music should still be used to celebrate, to celebrate love, and I kind of just, I felt that it's important to intertwine that into music and and to stray away from the, you know, the recent um, developments of it, really, you know, but I, I think, I still think love should be, should be embraced and explored. And, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing I'm into. So I had to intertwine it into the music. Yeah. Love it. How does your background, your culture, uh, being from Anguilla and the Caribbean, how does that perspective add to your music? 
you know, when you really when you really look at it, you see that music nowadays has a little touch of Caribbean. You know, uh, every artist um, does a little bit of the Caribbean vibe, the Jamaican vibe. The, the they they try to you know intertwine um, the hip hop with the the, oh, the the reggae, and I feel like you know coming from the Caribbean that there is no pressure on me to do the same thing because you know that is that is my background yeah but not only do i love caribbean music i love um american music so you know i'm, I'm not sure if if neek fans want to hear more of the tracks like rub up um or you know like when we love but for me i like i like blending blending my culture with the American culture, with the UK culture, and producing something, you know, phenomenal that, that you know, everyone can, can listen to. My background is my background. There's always going to be Caribbean in me. Well, I, I embrace all types of music. My background, my, me being Caribbean will always be me, but I embrace every genre of music, yeah. Nick, what is the best advice you've received uh, in terms of music, the best advice. <laughs> I mean, I, I was at a, I was at a low point, you know. After releasing the album, you know, I, I thought that it would have, you know, blew up. Like, I mean, I was loving feeling every track. You know, I, I thought that it would have blew up bigger than it did, and I was at a very low point. And my producer, um, he, uh, he called me. And uh, Ludwig Grant, and he just, he sat there, he just talked to me for hours, and, and I cried, you know, but I, um, the best advice I got from him, and, and that was to, to never let anything, you know, hinder me in wanting to do more, to keep going. And he was like, you're going to have these ups and downs, you're going to have these obstacles that, you know, stand in your way, or you may think are standing in your way. You know, but he said, you know, sometimes you're just standing in your own way. You're just, you know, letting yourself feel like this isn't something that you can do. And you're you're putting more pressure on yourself to actually get out there and do what you need to do. And his advice was just to keep going, to be me, to keep going and not to stand in my own way. And I feel like I've been doing that for a while. And it, it, it just kind of made me move out of my own way and embrace Anika more and, uh, you know, access that, that, that part of me that, that is a go-getter. You know, sometimes I just, I, I doubt myself and, and I doubt situations and, and if I didn't, I would have, um, done a lot more here in the UK being here, you know, and not just let my, of course, my studies weren't very important to me, but had I not been in my own way, I probably would have, um, done a little bit more yeah you know, traveled a little bit more pushed my music a little bit more pushed myself do more things and um that i guess that was the, the best advice the best advice thus far get out of my own way mm-hmm. i like that good advice good advice nick what advice would you give to the 11 year old you the 11 year old me oh my gosh the eleven-year-old me was, you know, I was in what fifth grade, taking on the prince and princess pageant, 
11-year-old me was scared to death of going to high school, scared to death of change and, and new, new opportunities, new experiences. The advice that I would give to 11-year-old me would be <laughs> to just take life as it, as it comes, take experiences as, as they come and you know, take advantage of every opportunity that was placed in front of me every little thing, you know, that I may have taken for granted, that I may not have been, you know, thinking um, that I was taking for granted. I would tell the 11-year-old me to just, you know, move forward and just do what I want to do. Just explore everything. Just have more adventures and, and not to be just, you know, stuck at, at home. I mean, I was a home bug. I was... <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to go out, play with friends much. I was a, I was an inside home bug, for real. I mean, I played game. I was a, <laughs> still into PlayStation. That's my thing. But, is it yeah, really? What's your favorite game? It is. Oh, it's Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Uh huh. So you got you you got so many layers, man. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would have not pictured Call. I wouldn't even picture PlayStation to be honest with you. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Call of Duty is my thing. It's my thing. Um, so, eleven-year-old me was was playing game at home, stuck inside. Um, I read a lot too. Mm-hmm. I, I read a lot. Um, favorite books? Oh, my favorite book. Oh, I was a Nancy Drew type of girl. Okay. Um, I love investigative stories. Yeah. That oh, was, that, that makes sense. Good. Yeah. <laughs> So for I guess I would just tell myself to just you know get out more, experience more, and just you know enjoy being a kid. Yeah. What are your favorite books now? Now, oh, to be honest, I haven't really settled down and read a good book in a long time. Um, life just kind of hits you, and you know I don't I don't really have time to myself to sit down and read a good book I mean I don't know how people read books on like a Kindle nah I prefer smelling the pages oh me too yeah but I I really need now that I have more time you know school is is over and done with you know pending graduation whoop whoop um I would (laughs) I would enjoy you know just sitting down and reading a good book I need to. I, I need to. I need to. I need to get back into it. Just you know, life just got busy. Mm-hmm. Would you consider doing a soca track? You think, like a hardcore all-out soca track? Oh my God, Chris Ben, how, can you can you hear me singing a, a soca track? A groovy. Like a groovy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a groovy. But you know, um, <laughs> can you can you imagine me singing like I lose it all, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a curiosity. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you know, one day I'll just like, oh gosh, like you know, peel a layer back and then you know decide to to go outside of myself. Maybe, yeah. You maybe never, I would. you never know. Never know. <laughs> I I have a couple of fun questions for you here. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite food spot in London? My favorite food spot. Oh, uh, let's see. My favorite. Oh, it has to be TGI Fridays. Okay, okay. What's your favorite food spot in Anguilla? In Anguilla. 
gosh. It would have to be Blanchard's. I love the vibe at Blanchard's. The big restaurant or the beach shack? The beach shack. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Love that place. <laughs> <laughs> what pop song is your guilty pleasure? Or a hip hop song? Uh, I think I think the best pop song would, would have to be like um Uptown Funk. Okay. Yeah, like Bruno Mars. Okay. And what Anguilla song is your guilty pleasure? One of those songs that we probably don't expect Nick would listen to. <laughs> um, I love Shay Shay. I love Shay Shay. Um, so it would be uh, Restless. Mmm, love that track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that track. Now, Neek, what is your favorite UK junk food? My favorite UK junk it would have to be a burger. A burger, yeah. Uh, with mushrooms and pickles and, and all that good stuff. No onions, though. I don't, I don't like. I, don't I love like caramelized onions. onions. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no onions. No onions. <laughs> Everything else, but no onions. Now, what's your favorite Anguilla junk food? Oh, gosh. Oh, pizza. For sure. From where? From where? Um, I enjoy pizza from J&J's, of course. Of course. But then, but then I like the oven baked pizza that you, you would get at, like, Sea Blue. Ah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good choices. <laughs> Good choices. What is the next big thing for Neek? The next big thing. Oh, I've been thinking about this one. Um, um, for me, I think um, I'll, I'll be transitioning as an artist. Um, I want to I want to take a step back and... I want to revamp Neek because I feel like all the experiences that I've had here in the UK, I mean, I experienced so many different things I never thought I would. And um, I feel like, you know, that should be integrated into my music. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take a step back. I have lots of records that I can, I will still be pushing out, releasing soon. But I think um, I'm just going to, step back and and think about the kind of artist I want to be going forward and um, make changes to 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 Nick overall I mean um, I have experienced you know the, the the sexual innuendo that comes with being an artist and I kind of want to to peel that back and, and limit that and I, I, I didn't really have a, like a good experience with you know, the, the approaches I, I would get from guys on social media and stuff like that. I mean, you know, just bold, bold type of, you know, comments, you know, that that I wasn't intrigued by. So I think, you know, in, in, in the way Neek is presented, I think is, is very important and I need people to understand, like, you know, the type of reserved person that I am. Neek may be bold and she may be out there and her music may be sensual but um 
Duenequa, you know, is is still really reserved. So I kind of want to want to incorporate more of Duenequa and Tanique so that people kind of get uh, a good feel of me. I mean, when the album came out, a lot of people thought that, you know, they still didn't know who I was, who I am. And my music was just there on the surface. So a lot of people wanted to know more about me and, you know, these little intimate questions like you've been asking me it was 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 kind of what I, I was going to lean towards doing so that people could, could kind of understand where the music comes from, you know, where the, the soul of it comes from. And for me, going forward, that's that's just more that I was going to be focusing on, that I am going to be focusing on giving the world a little bit more of of me, the person. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick, you just said, you just mentioned something very uh, interesting. Uh, we talked about the difference between Duenequa and Nika a little earlier, but you talked about the way guys approached you, et cetera, et cetera, um, with what they perceived to be Nika or Duenequa. Now, is there pressure from the industry or the society or the fans uh, for female artists to be a little more sexy, a little more sensual. Um, is there that pressure? Yeah, definitely. There is that, that pressure to, you know, kind of stay on the level of, of what females are, you know, are doing, female artists are doing at the moment, you know, to stay relevant, to stay, um, to stay up. And I feel that pressure every time I, I'm, I'm doing a music video, you know, I'm a bit more conservative, you know, I like... I like, <laughs> like I was telling you, I like to be in the shadows. So, so the flashy, the the less clothes, you know, that type of thing is 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 not really my thing. I feel that the music should be sold, not the image, and uh, that that's kind of what I wanted to peel back and and transition into more, giving more of you know the music rather than. The sexuality of the music. Yes, I have a very sensual voice, but uh, I, you know, sometimes I struggle. the The voice is is Nick, and and the person is is Duenequa. I mean, how do I? Sometimes I struggle, you know, to um. Oh, gosh, I, I don't know. I mean, even even when I'm in I'm in classes, when I was in university, I would stand up to answer a question. You know, and you have all eyes on you. Like this voice coming is coming out of this this person, and then when I'm at home and I'm I'm being loud and being rowdy, it's, it's just like okay, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. I mean, the accent comes on and, and all of that, but takes away from the the sensuality of the music. It's but I guess I don't know. It's when you go behind the mic that that sensuality just you know clicks on. Um, and I feel like, you know, the guys and stuff that were approaching me on, on Instagram and stuff, and, you know, felt that because the music is so sensual that I'm, uh, you know, that type of girl, if you understand. That type you know? of girl. <laughs> yeah, that type of girl. Really not that type of girl, you know. So there is that pressure, that pressure of that, of, of trying to fit into what's like a norm now. I mean... A music video comes out, you know, some females not even wearing anything, you know, and I'm just like, how do I compete with that? You know, you look at the views, you look at what videos are popping, which one, which records are selling, 
and you know that's it's just the pressure of kind of balancing all of it so nick when you're old 110 years old on your rocking chair in island harbor overlooking the bay what is that thing that you would like to say i wanted to accomplish this and i did what is your ultimate goal my ultimate goal you know what i feel is like really important um to my overall development as a person would be to you know make myself proud and anything that i choose to do make myself proud make my family proud and i know that they're already proud of me but i feel like there's so much more that um that i could do in order to heighten that and for me that's that's the ultimate goal that's that's all i could ever hope for is to just you know be the best that i can be and being successful in every anything that I put my mind to, that is that's the ultimate goal for me. That I, I live life, I enjoy doing it, and that I'm just I don't know the, the best Nick or the best Dwayne Nikwa that I can be, whatever it may be, yeah, and whatever I do. So Nick, this is a segment that we call. The planet is yours. I strap on my spacesuit, I go out into the atmosphere, and I leave you here on the planet alone. Whatever you would like to say to the audience, the floor is yours. To everyone listening, I just want to, if you are a fan of Neek, or if you're about to become a fan of Neek, I just want to say, you know, in advance, a huge thank you for being a part of the process, for being a part of, you know, my development. As an artist, as a person, I just want to let Black Jetty know that I'm entirely, entirely grateful to everything that you guys have done for me and everything you will continue to do for me, to my family, my friends, you know, you know, the casual person that will just message me, you know, out of the blue and just say, you know, I love what you're doing. You know, keep at it. Keep doing what you're doing. Listen, I haven't heard any music in a while. What are you doing? What are you up to? You know, those little things that keep me going. My family, uh, that constant push that I need. I need it. I crave it. Thank you. Uh, to my mom, Kyra, my dad, Dwayne, a.k.a. Smurf, you know, like everybody knows him as Smurf. Um, my little sister, Kylia. Oh, gosh, she's my heart my soul she every little thing you know every little record I send it to her I'm like do you like this do you like that you know she's she's that support that 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 little voice in my head you know before I do anything and uh, she looks up to me but she doesn't know I look up to her she's such an inspiration and um, she's pushing her music as well and I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing she has a different flair you know she's she's very creative just love her whole vibe she plays rock guitar too doesn't she she does yeah she does awesome she does yeah um and you know my family here in london as well you know people i've met friends i've made uh my boyfriend as well i have to have to have to you know say thank you to him he's you know the, the heart and soul of of everything me you know, and um, overall, everyone that's come into my life are just inspirations to me. They keep me going. They keep me moving. I just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you for 
for following me and keeping up with me. And there's so much more that that I want to share with you, that I want to give you. And uh, look out for that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for for having me. You know, I'm. Oh, you're quite welcome. I'm loving everything Planet Thirty. I'm loving it. Um, just keep doing your thing. It's amazing. And um, yeah, that's Aww. me. <laughs> you make me cry. <laughs> so, Nick, here's the most important question of the interview. How do we contact you? Drop your socials. Drop your... Where can we find the album? Tell us. Okay. Now, the album. I have a smart URL for the for the album, for the digital booklet, you know, um, for the vanilla of the album as well. All of that is, you know, on the Black Jetty website, www.blackjetty.com. Um, my Instagram is Nick underscore on replay um there is a neek fan page as well um neek underscore fan page um you can find me on facebook as well you know n double i k and the 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 dots is very (laughs) like i was saying dots don't forget the very important you know and there are other neeks out there as artists you know i i don't know you know maybe maybe many people have seen that already but um you can contact me on, you know, Instagram. Snapchat is there as well. I'm not frequently on Snapchat though, but it's overly underscore zealous um, for Snapchat. Um, you get to see more of doing Nikwa on Snapchat, but Instagram and Facebook, you know, and all the handles where you can find my music. It's on. It's on. Um, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, uh, Tidal. You name it, it's there. It's 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 everywhere. The team has put it everywhere. Um, you know, download the album "Die for Love," and you can check me on YouTube as well um, under Black Teddy. And yeah, that's where you can get in touch with Neek. <laughs> the lady who we can listen to read the phone book or the dictionary. Thank you for being on Planet Thirty, Neek. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Chris. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And uh, you guys can look out for Neek and her music. And uh, thank you again. This has been Planet 30. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet 30. Our email address is on planet 30 at gmail.com that's o-n-p-l-a-n-e-t-t-h-i-r-t-y at gmail.com for more information about planet 30 visit our website planet30.com that's p-l-a-n-e-t-t-h-i-r-t-y dot com I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30.